God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to wish everybody a happy winter. It's the first day of winter today. So I don't know what that means. I guess it means the days are going to get longer. And uh, and things are going to get brighter. Things are going to get better. You know, we're seeing a lot of victories. We, saw, we spoke a ye- uh, yesterday about, you know... All the different things that are starting to come to light. And I think that's going to pay dividends in the midterm elections. Which is, again, you know, we got to play by the rules in order to take our country back. It doesn't seem like the Democrats have to play by the rules. One of the things that bothers me the most is, where are the courts and why are they not protecting our civil rights? Where are the courts and why are we not protected from all these draconian mandates. We're going to hear from Biden today before he heads out of town, I guess is what the deal is. And he's going to be giving us a little what for in terms of, um, you know, browbeating us about not getting vaccinated. He's going to hope that somehow we could be more divided as a country and more divided around the Christmas tree or the Christmas dinner table. To where it's like, oh, well, even the president said, even the White House, the government, full-throated government, approval that you should get vaccinated. It's going to hurt the argument of the person that's dissenting for one reason or another. And it's going to give the liberals leverage at the table with that argument. When he browbeats as if he has a right as if he has a place, as if that's his job. He's also going to be talking about testing. Apparently, there's long lines in New York City to get out of that town. If you want to fly or train or bus or any anything, you have to stand in these long lines. And it's a wonder why they haven't implemented that 
thing where you can get put on a call list through these phone apps and show up for an appointment instead of making people stand in the freezing cold around the block. They didn't think this thing through. But now I have no problem with testing. The problem I have is with the mandates, which the mandates for me is a gateway drug, like a gateway drug. You've heard of gateway drugs, right? So a gateway drug would be a drug that leads to another drug. It's a gateway drug. Well, the vaccine passports is a gateway to the social credit score system. The social credit score system allows government to control your behavior. If your behavior is not what they like, you get a lower score. And then there will be endless amount of debates as to what constitutes a score. But it doesn't matter. The banks are going to approve your loan based on that score. Can you imagine banks? You know, you're going out to get a car or a home loan. And because you like Donald Trump and you you like first to you like uh, make America great again. Because you like these things. Because you uh, like border security. You are now a racist or a xenophobe or discriminatory, and therefore you get deducted points. You don't get the house. You don't get, or you pay more for the house. Higher interest. You know, people with bad credit sometimes get the loan, but they pay more in the premium. And so there's always going to be a charge. We're seeing the charges, the excessive charges right now. If you're not vaccinated in Boston, you're banned. You can't eat. You can't feed your family. You can't walk into a store. You got to go out of Boston. Imagine if everything was like Boston. D.C., they're saying you go. You got to wear a mask again. You know, I have on tape Dr. Fauci and the WHO both talking about the holy grail of decisions when they first witnessed and said that what they're seeing is asymptomatic asymptomatic patients weren't spreading and that it's highly unlikely that asymptomatic would spread. Fauci said that. The WHO said that on video, on audio. But then they changed their mind. As soon as they did that, as soon as they said asymptomatic could spread and it's airborne, that's what enabled the governments to control people. That's what required, that's what happened, uh, that's what preceded the shutdowns and the government controls. And despite the fact that they flip-flopped on that, They've determined that it serves a better, greater good in terms of the holy grail of controlling populations, which is what the globalists always want. The globalists always want that. But yesterday we were talking about a lot of winning. <clears throat> and what we were talking about 
is that Build Back Better is being scrapped. So one of the things is they used this COVID to rig the election in 2020. They gained power, which caused a pendulum swing in foreign policy, uh, where we've now had one disaster after another, whether it's our relationships with Russia, North Korea's back in the blowing things, uh, testing their nuclear weapons business. Iran no longer respects us. We They're no longer on their knees. The Abraham Accord and peace in the Middle East is now no longer a possibility. And Iran still spits in our eye. And so many other things. Afghanistan was a debacle. Russia no longer respects us. And China owns us. You know, we had phase one, phase two, phase three going in with these trade deals that were going to basically equalize the playing field a little bit with China. Well, COVID scrapped phase one, phase two. And now they're sending fentanyl our way. If they didn't kill us first with COVID, they're killing us with fentanyl because we have a leader that's such a moron that he decides to open the border yet yells at Americans who are unvaccinated. He's not yelling at the lawbreakers breaking our laws, traveling through our southern borders in violation of our law. They're all government-dependent illegals. They're going to get taxpayer-funded programs, benefits. Somehow, the Democrats have figured out how to, how to give all of our money away to the world. Meanwhile, there's three deadly things that are going to kill us coming through that southern border. First, it's COVID. These people aren't being tested. They're testing, and when they are tested, they're positive. They're carrying COVID, they're untested, they're unvaxxed, and yet Fauci and Biden turn a blind eye to that because the greater good is importing their votes and secondly, importing their slave labor. The same party that says slave labor uh, is no good, $15 minimum wage, everybody needs a fair wage, all of a sudden is the ambassador of importing slave labor. Because it's not enough for the woke corporations that are multinational corporations that benefit from the import-exports of Chinese slave labor. But what about the other corporations that need the services? Right here domestically, like the slaughterhouses and the agricultural fields, the dishwashers and the kitchens. And all these other hard labor jobs, building decks and houses and buildings, working in the hot summer sun on the road gangs. All these people are foreigners too. They're illegals. And in order to get that work card, they have to register. They then are registered to vote. Their ballot is created without their knowledge. Their ballot is sent out without their knowledge. Their ballot is received without their knowledge. And their ballot is voting Democrat without their knowledge. And ballot harvesting is part of this equation. Mail-in balloting is essential. 
And they're using COVID every step of the way to do it. And that's how they pull it off. That's how it's, they can't get caught. That's the first deadly thing. All of the expense of our republic and the middle class taxpayers. But then the second deadly thing is fentanyl. Coming through our southern borders, all kinds of heroin and drugs and cocaine and marijuana. All coming through the gateway drugs and the killers. Fentanyl. The number one killer for people 18 to 45 years old, fentanyl. Right now, coming from China, they didn't kill us first with COVID. They'll kill us with the fentanyl. You know why? The COVID killed off the elderly, didn't it? The the COVID was effective against people over 50. But guess what? For simple math, we'll say... COVID was great at killing people over 45 more than it ever did anything under 45. And guess what? Fentanyl is the leading killer. More than cancer, more than heart disease, more than car accidents, more than anything, more than COVID. Ages 18 to 45, fentanyl. So China is not only killing off our elderly over 45, But they managed to have a drug go through our open borders and Biden is too stupid to get it. He's allowing not only COVID, but fentanyl to come through our southern border to kill us all. Talk about a demographic uh, population change that he so supports. Biden supports that, that demographic to where whites would be the minority in our country. Basically, we lose our identity. We don't even know why we have a border. We don't even know why we have a statue. Why? We don't even know who we are. We don't know who we are anymore as a people. Nobody knows their history. Nobody cares about our flag. Nobody cares about our border. And it's been said that a nation without borders is not a country. A country without a border is not a country. The people who care get it. The people listening to this show get it. But there are so many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are coming through that can't even speak English. That could care less about anything but what they were promised. They're so easily duped by the left-wing radical nutjobs on the left that just want to gain power seize control of government and do away with our constitution, pack our courts so we no longer have an effective justice system. It's either comply or be arrested. That's what we're living in. We have political dissidents right now. I want you to get out a pen and write this down. Get out a pen and write it down. We're going to write some letters this Christmas. We got at least three political dissidents sitting in D.C. right now from the January 6th FBI infiltration of Trump supporters. 
alliance with Antifa. And we are going to find out the truth on this. Who were those pipe bombers on January 5th? So get out a pen. A couple of things. You might want to write down our call-in line. I think it's working. I'm not sure. I think it is. So the call-in line is our call-in line if you want to call and speak to uh, the show live. And that number for the call-in line is uh, 865-TOP-TALK. And that breaks down, you know, with the letters and the numbers. 215-867-8255. If you'd like to call and be heard, that's 215-867-8255. It's a Philadelphia area code, 215-867-8255. If you'd like to call and be heard today, write that down. But while you're at it, write this down. These are three guys... And the Gateway Pundit, I give them credit, they put this out. Please do your part. Send a Christmas card to the political prisoners in Washington, D.C. And let them know they're not forgotten. Here's how. This is the country we're living in, folks. Here's an easy way to spread some Hollywood holiday cheer to the patriots who are being detained indefinitely in Washington, D.C. and abused by their government. Send a Christmas card to the political prisoners at the D.C. Gulag. And here's the address. I'm going to give you the address once. Then I'm going to give you the three names and their prison numbers. So I'm going to give you this number in the beginning, uh, the address. I'm going to give you the address in the beginning and then at the end. And here we go. So the address, if you'd like to... It says, we are including the address and names of two prisoners in the January 6th political prisoner wing. They will share these cards with the men and women in the D.C. Gulag. Many of these men thought they would be home by the holidays. Sadly, this is not the case. Christmas cards addressed to all prisoners can be sent to Jonathan Mellis. That's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. Mellis, M-E-L-L-I-S. Another name is Shane Jenkins. And the other name, and Shane is spelled S-H-A-N-E, Jenkins, J-E-N-K-I-N-S. And Nathan DeGrave. I'm going to send three cards. I was in the card-giving, card-sending business this, this week. Nathan DeGrave, I have a lot to be thankful for with uh, regarding my health. Nathan DeGrave, so how you spell DeGrave is D-E-G-R-A-V-E. And will be shared, by, they're going to share these cards with your other inmates. So prisoner one is Nathan DeGrave, and his uh, prisoner number is 376 789 376 789 and Jonathan Mellis Jonathan Mellis is 376907 376907 and Shane Jenkins is 377186 that's 377186 
And the address is the same for all of them. So we're going to write this address down. It's doc-dc-ctf. That's like Cat Tom Frank. So doc-dc-ctf. 1901 D Street, Southeast. That's 1901 D Street, like the letter D, Street. Such so as one letter, D Street. S-E, it's like Southeast, right? S-E. Washington, D.C., 2003. That's Washington, D.C., 20003. Okay, and if you have any... um. Questions, you can always email scott at scottadamshow.com. If you want to get the address from me, I'll go ahead and send it to you. And um, you can send Christmas cards this season to the people that are being held captive in a D.C. jail. That's exactly where we are today. We're going to be chewed out by the same people uh, today when they give their final end-of-the-year you know, mandates orders. It's not going to be new mandates across the, the board, but it's going to be a lot of browbeating for the unvaccinated. You know what, what gets me the most is these mandates don't make any sense because the majority of people that are going into the hospital and getting sick from the Omicron or the Delta or, or the COVID, these all these people, all of these people are are vaccinated. They got their boosters. The whole ball of wax. I mean, you look at the NFL. They got over 100 people testing positive. You look at all these different places. You know, the cities that are doing the worst, 12 of the top cities are worse today than they were a year ago. They're all run by liberals, uh, mayors. They're liberal cities with crackdown orders. New York State and New York City is doing like the worst. And you just got to scratch your head and wonder, maybe what they're doing is not so right after all. You know, how in the world can you justify more mandates when they failed? Dr. Fauci is wrong. If you listen to Scott Atlas, Dr. Scott Atlas, he has... um, you know, a lot different take on things. But Dr. Fauci and the and the and Biden's administration, all of these people that are going and taking another bite at the apple that never worked. It's insane. It's like the rules of insanity. Expecting a different result every single time. So we'll go ahead and see if this call system is working. And uh caller, you're on the air. Hey, Gordon Scott, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, uh, this is Scott in San Diego. Hey, hey Scott. I have a question. Um, so we're talking about the um, the variants, the, the the mutations of the virus, right? Yes. Uh, so, it, it, am I correct in understanding that every time the the virus passes through somebody, it evolves into a different strain? It gets weaker. Yeah, and it but gets weaker according to Doctor yeah, Scott it, Atlas. Yeah, so it mutates after every person that it's gone through. Yes. So how is how is this thing 
uh, getting the same variant all around the world simultaneously. Delta, Omicron. How, how is that happening? <laughs> well, you know, it is a, a slightly different strain, obviously, the mutation. You know, every time, like, if I pass a cold to you, it's going to be different than the cold that I had. You're going to receive something different. Um, that's just old as the hills. Right, but this thing is, but this thing is passed through, uh, I guess, what, hundreds of millions of people so far, maybe billions, but it, it mutates each time it infects somebody. So how is it uniformly transforming all around the world to one strain all at once? I don't know. You know, the other question is uh, about... The, is, Possibly is it, that's a lie? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I am very much a skeptic about what's going on here. But I will say this, that number one, they're banning Africa and they're using it to push more mandates and more you know, regarding the vaccine. And I always look at it as vaccine passports is a gateway to social credit score systems. That's their ultimate goal. So I think it's well, all yeah. about the control, right? But <clears throat> So I'm with you on that. Uh, regarding the medical aspect of it, um, you know, the thing is they don't even have the tests like to to test the, the numbers they're coming up with have to be fake because they don't even have the testing in place. Well, not only that, to, to not test only that, I mean, the, the way media, you're, you know, the me- we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, the media won't even ask the question to the to the to the experts. Uh, you know, does this thing mutate? On a uh, on a linear path, I mean, does it go from one variant to the next to the next, or does it randomly mutate after it infects individuals? Nobody asks that well, question. Well, it does mutate, but it's also I think it's it's mutating in a different way too. Um, from what I understand, Delta, for example, if you I looked at charts, uh, forget about Omicron for just a second, because Africa where Omicron came from, Africa isn't even having any trouble. It's Europe that is. And yet it's Africa the one is the one that's getting banned. That's why they're saying, you know, Biden was saying that Trump was racist and, you know, about banning African countries when he was banning African countries. And there was not even a really good cause for that. But when you look at Delta, Delta came out of India. And Delta, you know, and India was... Um, heavily vaccinated and Delta was spreading everywhere. There was heavy vaccination, Israel and other places. And so when you look at that, you say, well, maybe Delta is a, is a variant is a strain of the virus that's coming from those people who are vaccinated and they're giving off a different kind of mutation. And already we know that the uh, COVID was a man-made Virus. It wasn't organic. It wasn't natural. It was made and bioengineered in a lab, and I think it was to be used as a bioweapon. Uh, and so it was, a, it was a partnership. I think Fauci's working with the Pentagon. I think that the Pentagon was working with China, and somehow we were doing outsourcing this in a lab that you know overseas. And and uh, the thing is, it's a man-made uh, bioweapon. And then, then we have this vaccine. It's not even a vaccine. It's an RDNA, DNA truncator 
It's like no, no vaccine we've ever seen in the history of mankind. And you would think that by now, if they were seriously true about getting real vaccines, you would have, you would have thought that uh, you would have. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, one one last thing. You would have thought that they would have come out with a real vaccine. They said they were coming out with these RDNAs for the reason, uh, you know, that uh, that that they didn't have enough time to get the real vaccine. So I think it's all man-made engineer. It's all synthetic. Okay. So caller, I I think we lost the last caller. Um, Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, this is John from Idaho. Hey, John. Uh, I'm calling us. Good to talk to you again. Um, what, what my, my concern today is that, um, you know, the, the, the vaccine um, mandates finally start going to hit the Supreme Court. And I can almost guarantee, well, I, I pretty much think maybe I'll be surprised that the Supreme Court's going to say that, you know, the United States owns your body now and you have to take the vaccine. But I'm really worried because I know, like, like you're talking about the NFL and even the NBA, like they're trying to get Kyrie Irving to play now because they have a shortage. I think people are getting sick of the vaccine, even in the professional sports. And that's the reason some of the games have been canceled and everything else. Is people are saying, I, I'm tired of taking I ain't going to take boosters forever and wear them out forever. So I'm wondering what's going to happen if the Supreme Court says that, you know, the, the, we own your body now and you have to take the vaccine. Yeah, that would be unconstitutional. I can't see the Supreme Court doing that. And, you know, people would get the vaccine if they trusted the source. But we've been lied to so often by Fauci and company that the people that are pushing the vaccine, it's clear to me that Fauci is pushing uh, for profits. You know, and that Pfizer is pushing for profits. And that this is all designed for profits. That's number one. Number two, I think that um, their track record is so bad. Their numbers and the efficacy of their decision-making has been so poor. And not only that, but the vaccines aren't working. If everybody who took the vaccine never got COVID, I think everybody would get the vaccine and say, okay, it's worth it. But that's not what's happening. And we're seeing these strange mutations and patterns. And then we're seeing these governments with these drastic lockdowns and arrests. And we're seeing riots. You know, what's happening in Australia and New Zealand is just horrible. So, you know, it's not about your health anymore when they want to starve your family. It's not about your health anymore when they want you to be out of a job. Or they want to arrest you for uh, not getting vaccinated. It used to be that it was never going to be mandated. And now they're basically saying, we're going to lock you up. You can't even shop exactly. in Boston today unless you're vaccinated. That's in, that's a, To me, that's criminal. The history of almost every vaccine, you take Zytec or whatever they call it, they always come back like 10 years later. There's, I think it was you that said it, like there's going to be commercials if you took the vaccine in 10 years or whatever, dial this number, you know, because there's lawyers waiting to get you money back. I guarantee that the long-term effects of these vaccines is not going to be good. It's already with the myocarditis, 
blood clots, spike proteins. There's there's so much stuff. There's players dropping dead, athletes all over the world. That 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 the long term effect is not going to be good with well, the vaccine. Let me ask you, why did why did Pfizer just spend six point seven million dollars on Arena Pharmaceuticals, who specializes in myocarditis and cardiovascular uh, medicines? You, you said it because they have, they have both sides of the coin now. They have the cure and and the, the problem that makes the problem, for lack of better terminology. We all need to we all need to wake up and we need to be skeptical. And, you know, the thing about it is, too, they they don't even want to have an honest debate or discussion about the whole thing. And that's what bothers me the most. You're shut down. If you're a doctor that goes against or censored or you're censored, you know, you can't even have a dissenting view. So you see the Supreme Court, you you kind of go the other way. You see the Supreme Court saying that you don't have to. No, no, no. I see the Supreme Court, yeah, saying your body, your choice. I mean, I was just writing this down. Uh, I have notes that the next part I'm going to go to to talk about today is there is this new thing called Athletes for uh, Medical Freedom. It's it's a bunch of uh, collegiate wrestlers and amateur uh, Olympians uh, and uh, people that are part of the U.S. Team USA because Team USA is cracked down on Olympic-level athletes that made the USA teams and basically said, you got, you're going to have to get a vaccination. And they're basically saying, we don't want to put that jab. Now, I know, like, I, I'm pretty sure Kyle Dake might be a, a, a liberal, actually, but he's really about his body is his temple. So, you know, the Supreme Court's going to look at OSHA, but they're also going to look at your body is your temple. They're also going to look at your body, your choice. So what's interesting about this case, this argument, is that not only are you going to have people that were always about pro-choice, obviously liberals, right? That they're right. saying my body, my choice. You're going to have Scientologists like Tom Cruise, who is against any kind of medicines, right? So you're going to have religious right. freedoms at, at issue, Scientologists. You're going to have liberals as staunch as the ACLU civil liberties. When are they going to wake up? Or these pro-choice people. Or these people that are basically just about my body, my temple. And so there's a lot of liberal factions that are actually going to get on board with the anti-vax team. And then there's civil well, liberties. throw it back to another appellate? Pardon? I'm sorry. I just, do you think they won't throw it back to another appellate court? They can't. At some point, it's going to have to, to be rested on the Supreme Court. And, you know, again, there's that other argument that says fire in the fi- uh, fire in a theater. You know, that would result in... Uh, all kinds of problems related to stampeding and riots. Um, you know, so they have, it's a difficult discussion, really, from a, from a constitutional perspective. You know, if, but I don't think OSHA has a great case, and I don't think the government has a great case because of the ineffectiveness of the vaccines that they've been pushing. You know, where's their argument when nothing really to- seems to work? What do you think Dementia Joe's going to say today, though? That, that's what I'm He's going to browbeat too. the unvaccinated and try to divide families. 
That's all they do is try to divide people. This is all about Make segregation. A for Christmas dinner. <laughs> yeah, that right. For right. Well, thank you for calling in today. Thank you. Thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. So it's interesting. Uh, sorry for the first caller. We I don't know what happened, but you know we're dealing with a flawed call-in system. But yeah, I wrote this down. Athletes for medical freedom. I just learned about this uh, the other day. And Kyle Dake and Tom, David Taylor and a bunch of Olympic wrestling uh, athletes. But then you got Tom Cruise, Scientology. You got the American Civil Liberties Union, which hasn't stepped up yet, but maybe they will. And, you know, theoretically, they're potentially liberal forces against vaccine mandates and who support medical freedom and liberty. My my body, my choice, discriminatory impact, segregation, dysfunction, and economic decline. New therapeutics are coming about, coming about. There's a new therapeutic that we're going to talk about a little bit today. I think that DeSantis is going to talk about it as well. And we're going to listen to some clips from DeSantis. But the my body, my choice groups... We already saw Black Lives Matter team up with Trump supporters in in the discriminatory discriminatory tactics of you can't go into a restaurant if you're not vaccinated. That sounds like Jim Crow laws to me. Who wrote the Jim Crow laws? The liberals uh, in the Southern uh, state and local liberal Democrats wrote the Jim Crow laws. Were they constitutional? No, they were not. So they never really had to be constitutional because they depended on their corporate partners. Remember the movie Green Book? It's a Christmas movie. You should watch it. It's a great movie. You know where only black people could stay at this hotel, only white people at this one. You Colored people can't go in this bathroom, can't drink from this water fountain, have to sit in the back of the bus. That was all liberal stuff. George Wallace was the grand poobah governor of Alabama. Stood in the doorway, didn't want integration. So, you know, for all those reasons, this is part of the pedigree of being a Democrat is to be as a xenophobe, be a racist. They started the Ku Klux Klan. In fact, the last Democrat, prominent Democrat that was walking the halls of Congress was Robert Byrd from West Virginia. Democrat. Adored by Biden and Hillary Clinton and a whole host of others. You know, they fought to secede from the Union. It was Abraham Lincoln and the Republican Party that was started to abolish slavery. And yet black people, like Black Lives Matter and the Black Panthers, they don't get it. They're blindly stupid because they're Marxists. They drink the Kool-Aid of radical socialism and communism. They want equality instead of equity. You know, the difference is they want everything equal. But that could never happen. That will never happen in in society. It, it's impossible to pull that off or achieve that objective. Equity means you have a fair you all have a fair chance of gaining ground. The Democrats always have had a problem with the rising harbor raising all ships. But your ship's higher than mine, they say. 
and they have a problem with that. As if we're going to somehow live in some utopian world where everybody's going to be a zombie and nobody is going to have a higher or lower place in life, lot in life. People are always going to be born into privilege. But according to the Democrats, it's just the aristocratic elite that run the governments that should have that privilege. They should be the ones in control pulling the strings. And again, it's just ridiculous on its face. So we are going to take a listen to um, DeSantis. Uh, There's a couple of, actually, there's a couple of uh, DeSantis things, but there's this new drug out as well. Um, And this new drug... uh, Shows a lot of promise. It's like 90% effective. It's made by AstraZeneca. And it's called Evusheld. Study shows Evusheld retains neutralization activity against the Omicron by combining two potent antibodies with different and complementary activities against the virus. Evusheld, E-V-U, S-H-E-L-D, if you want to look it up, Evusheld is, uh, was designed to evade potential resistance to new variants, and it works against Omicron. So Regeneron, for example, Regeneron says its coronavirus antibody cocktail loses its potency uh, against new, new variations. So as was predicted structurally, Regeneron antibodies show diminished activity against Omicron. But Avusheld from AstraZeneca holds up better. Random luck of evolutionary draw. So Ron DeSantis, let's take a listen to this one clip from Ron DeSantis right now. What he has to say. Well. We're having some technical difficulties, folks. Uh, Monoclonal antibody product. The FDA issued an emergency use authorization for a new product called Evusheld. And it's AstraZeneca's new monoclonal antibody product for pre-exposure prevention of COVID-19 for eligible populations 12 and older. It's different than the Regeneron or the Citrovimab. Uh, This is a long-lasting, long-acting monoclonal therapy. And in the clinical trials, it reduced the risk of developing COVID in the first instance by 77%. Now, this is not the same as what we've been doing with monoclonal, where you get infected and then you go in and do the monoclonal site, or you've been exposed and you're high risk to a potential infection, and you can go in and use it for post-exposure prophylaxis. This is for people who have not been exposed to COVID and who have not been infected um, by COVID. Uh, And so it's something that you're trying to provide some antibody protection for about a six month period of time. So the people that are specifically authorized uh, to do the Evusheld are individuals who are immunocompromised and may not have adequate immune response to vaccination. And you see that with certain cancer patients, transplant recipients. Uh, you also have this as an availability for people uh, who have a history of severe 
adverse reactions to vaccinations, and you do have those people. You know, when we were trying to provide, and we did provide protections for people against forced vaccinations, one of our, our, our things I kept saying is, you know, there's some people who are advised against doing this based on their health circumstances. And so those are the types of people here, you know, if they want to do this new product, you know, they're going to have the ability uh, to do that. So, you know, I never had COVID. I uh, don't have an antibody for COVID, and I've never gotten the vaccine. I, I should uh, contact my primary care physician and talk about Evisheld. But that's still not going to get me into the restaurant, though. That's a problem, right? That's the kind of thing that we can't do. Here's uh, Ron DeSantis. I told you yesterday I would play this clip, uh, you know, with um, this short interview with uh, Maria Bartiroma. Uh, regarding um, Omicron is here, Florida is getting colder. Um, what next for Ron DeSantis? Let's see what he has to say here. Well, Maria, first I would say that if you look at what's happened in the north in some of these states, they've had record COVID hospitalizations. That is being driven by the Delta variant. And so, yes, we are seeing Omicron in Florida and really all throughout the country. Fortunately, Omicron has not shown to produce the same level of hospitalizations uh, as the Delta variant did. Now, we'll see if that changes, but the numbers of South Africa, you know, I thought by and large were very encouraging and didn't justify the hysteria that you saw by a lot of folks in corporate media. At the end of the day in Florida, Floridians know we will not let anybody lock them down. Uh, we will not let anyone take their jobs. We will not let anyone ruin their businesses. And we will not let anyone close their schools. So people are going to be able to live life. They're going to be able to make their own decisions. I cannot believe that something that started with 15 days to slow the spread, now almost two years later, you're seeing lockdowns and closures. There are places, Maria, some of these universities, they force everyone to be vaccinated. They force them to wear masks and they still lock down because you have uh, these cases going up. And so in Florida, people are going to be able to make those decisions. We do put a lot of emphasis, unlike most states and certainly unlike the Biden administration, on early treatment when people do get infected. And it's not just unvaccinated, like they like to say. Our monoclonal antibody clinics that we set up across the state, the majority of people that go to those are fully vaccinated, high-risk people. And so since we've rolled out our monoclonal antibody clinics, you know, we've had one of the lowest hospitalization rates uh, in the country. So we're gonna continue focusing on early treatment and we're gonna continue protecting people's individual choices and freedoms. Governor, a federal uh, judge in appeals court on Friday allowed uh, President Biden's vaccine mandate for private employers uh, to take effect as New York and California are reimposing these mask mandates. It looks like this is going to the Supreme Court. Uh, you recently uh, talked about that monoclonal treatment from AstraZeneca, right? Yeah, well, first of all, on the OSHA mandate, I thought it was a terrible decision. Now, this is just a three-judge panel. I thought the whole circuit in the six would certainly have struck this down. I do think we're going to get positive relief 
from the U.S. Supreme Court on that. But Maria, what we did in Florida is we didn't leave it to chance. We passed substantive protections in a special session uh, for Floridians so that they are able to have generous uh, ability to opt out of these types of mandates. And so we feel like we've done what we needed to do to protect our employees. I think it's important from a legal and constitutional matter that something like the OSHA mandate not be allowed to stand. They reached back decades, found some statute, and are using that to force vaccinations. That's never been done in the history of our country. And so I think it's a massive expansion of federal power that goes beyond the Constitution. So we absolutely need to win that case at the Supreme Court. And yes, we had another monoclonal. Uh, this is more for preventative for very high risk people. You take it and then you have about six months of really good protection. And we should be talking about all this stuff. All you hear is the same stuff about masking and lockdowns. Uh, we should be talking more about early treatment. Fortunately, in Florida, we are. Uh, but that has been a huge problem for the last year year when we've had available treatments and they've not been touted by the powers that be. Yeah, I mean, Governor, we're not even sure what fully vaccinated means anymore. The other day, Dr. Fauci said, you know, we could be that uh, fully vaccinated means three shots, which is two shots for the vaccination and then one booster shot. Have you gotten the booster? So uh, I've done whatever I did, the, the normal shot. And, you know, that at the end of the day is people's individual decisions about what they want to do. But these boosters in terms now, Florida, we don't we ban vaccine passports. We, we won't let them fire you, even private businesses over this, because we don't think that's appropriate. But one of the reasons why we took those steps is because we knew the definition of vaccination would be a shifting target. And I predicted this a month and a half ago, and people said that, that I was wrong, and now we're starting to see it come to fruition. So there's going to be people who've done you know, maybe two Pfizer shots who are not doing booster, and they could be considered in certain parts of the country to be unvaccinated and then denied the ability to participate in society like everybody else. It's gone way, way too far, and that is a decision that people should make for themselves, but they should not yeah. have their rights, freedoms, or liberties restricted based on these boosters. Governor, I want to talk about the incredible economic performance that you are overseeing in Florida. You just recently did your budget. You, you were a, an attorney in the U.S. Navy, and you know all about what has happened in terms of jobs in this country because of these mandates. We are losing first responders. Tell me about the 50,000 job opportunities that you've talked about within your budget. You just uh, recently uh, passed your budget, and you're obviously a smaller budget than New York, but you've got much more success at the end of the day. Walk us through your budget. Well, first of all, November job report nationally, about 200,000 jobs nationwide. In Florida alone in November, we did over 50,000 new jobs created in Florida. So that's over 25% of the total job output just in, in one state. Uh, my budget is about $99.7 billion. I mean, you mentioned New York. New York's budget's like $230 billion. And yeah, I think most people that come here would say we have better roads, infrastructure, services. Our K-12 schools perform higher. We have the number one rated public university system in the country. And we do all that that with no state income tax and in fact have the lowest per capita tax burden in the country and we have over 15 billion dollars 
in surplus revenue. I mean, just think about what Washington's doing by printing trillions and trillions. Uh, we have over 15 percent of the amount of money we're spending um, in budget reserves. And so that is something that's setting up Florida for the long haul. Yes, we have less taxes, and that's part of the reason people have been drawn here. But I think, Maria, since COVID, people know in Florida their freedoms are going to be respected. People know they can invest here and not have their businesses shut down. People know that they're going to be able to get jobs here and not potentially be forced out based on mandates. And so I think the fact that we've really stood for freedom, in addition to having good tax and spend policies, uh, has really caused people to want to come uh, work in Florida. And we, it, we're producing more jobs per capita than other states, but we have hundreds of thousands of job openings because the economy you know, is performing well. Uh, Governor, before you go, we're about to talk with President Trump. We didn't uh, we don't know if he's going to definitely run in 2024. Will you be running in 2024? I just filed for reelection last month in the state of Florida for governor. So if people want to support that, go to rondesantis.com. We think it's going to be um, in an important race. And so that's that's been my focus. I got 22 and a half million people, Maria. And on every given day in this season until probably May, we probably have 25 million people in this state with the tourists and the snowbirds. So we've got our hands full and we're looking forward to a success. So, you know, the uh, rule thing there is... Uh... I, I think that uh, everybody's treating Trump as an heir apparent. Trump is going to be treated as the incumbent. And I think that's uh, where that's going to be left. Just like Tim Scott said from South Carolina, the senator. He'll run, but if Trump enters the race, he's going to step aside. And I think that would be the smart play for any Republican who wants to have a future in, uh, as a conservative in the Republican Party. So, you know, one of the things, too, um, Florida, Florida is just, it, it's maintained its, the, 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 the uh, equal, you know, civil liberties of its people, and that's the key to that. But, you know, if you're retired and you go to Florida, your Social Security check does not get taxed. That's one of the benefits of Florida. There's a few states like that, but Florida, the weather's pretty good, too. So, you know, there's a lot of things. Um, no, I, I understand right now our volume is uh, a little bit low. But in any case, um, we're pretty much at the end of our show. We'll fix whatever bugs we have for the next time. Um, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We'll see each, o- uh, each other again on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there